When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. It is Saturday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Back for our Steelers weekly uh, mock draft tracker video with Ray Fittipaldo, our Steelers insider, who was at the Senior Bowl last week. We're going to talk through all of the mock draft picks for the Steelers this week. Ray, how are you? Good, Adam. How are you doing this week? I'm doing well. I think we should say at the top that you released your first seven-round mock draft this week on postgazette.com. If you haven't seen that already, um, make sure you check that out on the website. We've also done a couple videos about it. So if you're interested in hearing, see, reading about Ray's, what, seven or eight picks, because I think they have an extra pick in the fourth round, uh, make sure uh, you – yeah. they got seven picks. So, so check that out on the website. Check out those videos. We're going to talk a little bit about some of Ray's picks here uh, shortly. Ray, I wanted to start with uh, defensive lines. Jajon Newton was one of the, um, the big names that was mocked to the Steelers this week. Um, he's from Illinois. I want to ask you about him. I want to ask about some cornerbacks um, that you had in your mock draft that some others had in their mock drafts. Also going to get into the centers. You uh, had Jackson Powers Johnson draft, drafted to the Steelers. I saw that pick in a couple of other places, uh, but also some other centers could be on the board for the Steelers. We're going to get to them, and then we're going to talk a little bit about receivers. Before we get into all of that, just want to thank our sponsor for this episode and every episode of the Steelers Mock Draft Tracker video, Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Um... Ray, you and I have talked a little bit about the defensive line on your first appearance on this video a couple of weeks ago. Um, I have not seen a, a single defensive player mocked to the or defensive lineman mocked to the Steelers until this week. Jerjon Newton from Illinois. Um, he was he was the pick. Um, what do you like about him and his ability to you know maybe be a Cam Cam Hayward replacement in the future um, and, and his game? So, Adam, he wouldn't be a replacement for Cam Hayward, at least not in the base 3-4 defense. If you look at Newton, um, and I don't have his measurables in front of me, but I think he's like 6-1-305. So when they're looking to replace a guy like Cam Hayward, they're looking for that guy who's 6'4, 6'5, 6'6, in that you know, 290 to, to 300 pound range. So Newton is more of your three technique, could be a replacement. Um, for Larry Ogunjobi. Um, and I think that's an important distinction. Um, you know, when you are not changing defenses, when you're keeping Terrell Austin as your DC, and as long as Mike Tallman is the head coach here, you still have to run your base 3-4 defense. So um, the issue with this draft is there are not a ton of Cam Hayward-like players in this draft, guys with that type of a body type. Um, so that that's an issue, definitely an issue in the first round. You tend to see some other guys pop up maybe, you know, second, third round who fit that bill. Um, but the high-end defensive tackles, guys who are going to go 
in the first round this year, and there aren't that many, but it seems like those guys are more um, three techniques, more of those disruptors on the interior as opposed to the big five technique like Cam Hayward. Yeah, I, I think that is an important distinction, right? To give credit to the uh, the mock draft, it was um, – let me pull up his name here. Uh, Lorenzo Reyna from the Pro Football Network. Um, he did cite him as a replacement for Cam Hayward, but you're making, I think, the important distinction of what defense do the Steelers actually play. Um, you know, would, would you like to see him as a Steeler if he's available at number 20? Um, regardless of all that, do you think he's he's someone that could be a long-term fixture that they need? Maybe in that, maybe more in the Stephon Tewitt mold to, to kind of give people maybe a better frame of reference there? Yeah, I mean, listen, they do need a defensive lineman. Um, but if you look at what they did last year with Keanu Benton, I know Benton was was labeled as a nose tackle, but you know their hopes for him is that he he can bump out and play three technique and be more than just a two down player. So you know I think Keanu Benton, his body type is also a guy who could you know you could see him bump out. And listen, you you need a lot of defensive linemen, so it's not like they they would be against drafting another Benton type of lineman early in this draft. But um, in the grand scheme of things, I, I think. More so, they probably need a five technique instead of a guy like Newton. Doesn't say they wouldn't pick. Doesn't mean they wouldn't pick him in the first round. But um, you know, they would have to maybe make some adjustments with their defensive front if they did that. And I just don't think that's going to happen at this late stage. Do you think the lack of defensive line uh, mock draft picks so far, Ray, has had more to do with the class and, and the quality of the guys and, and the fit with the Steelers defense, or just is yeah. there still a national disconnect of what the Steelers need um, versus, versus what people think that they already have? Uh, you and I talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago, but now that, that we've kind of seen, you know, you've been down at the Senior Bowl, the East West Shrine Bowl happened, we've got a little better feel on this class than we had before. What's your read on on you know the way defensive linemen are being valued for the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the local guys always have a better feel for for a team's needs um, than the national guys. But you know, I, I think as long as you're seeing cornerback, the uh, defensive line, or offensive line, I, you know, if, if that's the pick of the national guys too, then you know they're fair, fairly plugged in um, to what's going on. So um, you know, to, to localize this and for for me to make a point about the defensive linemen, um, just look at Pitt. Um, the types of defensive linemen that colleges are producing nowadays, they're more in the Aaron Donald, Kalajic, Clancy mode, and you just don't see Cam Hayward type of defensive linemen um, as often as you used to. So I, I think it trickles down to high school ball, the way defenses are playing, certainly in college. Uh, the types of defenses that are running, the different types of athletes that are being put on the defensive line as opposed to maybe what it was 15, 20 years ago. So that's just an adjustment that all three, four teams have had to make over the years. You know, I'm thinking back to last year's draft. Um, Brian Brisset from Clemson would have been a guy who would have fit that mold for the Steelers. I think he ended up being an early second-round pick. Might have been a few more last year compared to this year, like, perfect Steelers fits. I just don't see those fits this year for the Steelers, certainly not in the first round, unless you maybe wanted to reach and um, and take a guy like Darius Robinson, who I had going in, to the Steelers in the second round. So, um, you know, we'll see. Maybe he can improve his draft stock. Um, you know, maybe he's somebody who could jump into that 
first round conversation. But my point is the types of athletes that you used to see for the three, four defense just aren't as readily available. And I think teams like the Steelers have to, you know, kind of adjust on the fly and, um, you know, kind of make it work in later rounds if they can. Ray, you mentioned Darius Robinson. That was going to be my next question for you. He was in, um, he was the second round pick in, in your mock draft. What do you like about him, you know, given this conversation that, that we're having and, um, you know, where, where do you, do you think possibly because of that, that dearth of, of guys that kind of fit those profiles that that's a reason he could slip into the first round, even if he's not, you know, necessarily regarded as a, a lock first round talent, just because we see that sometimes where, you know, at positions of needs for teams, sometimes teams do draft for needs. Sometimes guys who are, are not first round picks become first round picks for that reason. Yeah. He certainly has the body type that the Steelers need, but he also has the athletic profile that, um, you know, could get him into the first round conversation. He just hasn't had the type of production in college. I don't think that would merit first round consideration. So if you look at it, he had a career high eight and a, eight and a half sacks this season, this past season. Um, whereas in his first couple of years, you know, it was just a couple sacks here and there. And he played five technique for his first three years in the league. And then he actually bumped out to edge rusher, which is where he got most of his sacks now. So I know Steelers fans hate to hear it because they don't want to hear that tweener word because of what's happened with the Marvin Leal. So, you know, Leal was kind of like that guy. Steelers don't know what to do with him. Is he an edge guy? Is he a defensive end? It turns out that he hasn't been able to get on the field either way. So I'm not putting Robinson in that category, but when they draft him, you know, I think they would like to see versatility is important, but I think that, you know, ideally you, you, you put him in there as a five techniques. Hey, this is going to be your position. We are going to move you around, but we want you to be the replacement for Cam Hayward. If that happens, I don't know that he's going to be there at number 51 on day two. Yeah, that'll be an interesting name to watch. Ray, I want to get into the cornerbacks a little bit. Uh, Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News had the Steelers taking Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama. Uh, he's a guy that started the draft season. A lot, of, a lot of top 10 picks for him early on. He doesn't play in the Senior Bowl or the East-West Shrine Bowl. Um, and so I think some other players have gotten on scouts radar because they were at those games and he has slipped into the twenties in a lot of mock drafts. Um, do you like him as an option for the Steelers, especially considering very similar body type to, uh, Joey Porter Jr. And statistically their, their profiles look very similar where, um, opposing offenses in college just did not go after him. I think he was only targeted 39 times, only allowed 19 receptions. That's, you know, right in the mold of, of what we saw from Joey Porter last season. If he's there and, and his stock doesn't rebound after the NFL Combine and Pro Day, which it very well might, but yeah. let's just say for the, the sake of argument, he is available in the 20s. Is he someone that's higher on your radar for the Steelers? I would not blink an eye if they decided to take a corner with, with pick number 20. Um, I think it's an obvious need right now, along with offensive tackle and defensive tackle. So, I you know, I, you ask me, I think those are the three biggest needs. Um, what it's going to come down to, and I think we saw this trend last year with the Steelers, and it's unfortunate because th that he got injured because I think Corey Trice was maybe on the come a little bit. You know, he had a really good OTA and minicamp, and then I think the first padded practice up in Latrobe, uh, Trice was injured. And he was a seventh-round pick, but he was a guy who had an injury history, and they – took a flyer on him late, hoping that his health would hold up. So his health didn't hold up. 
I don't know that you can count on Corey Trice going forward. I think it'd be a nice story if he bounces back, you know, maybe he rebounds and he's part of the mix, but if they're going to go in that same direction and they truly do want that length on the outside, then they are going to have to invest a first round pick in a guy like McKinstry or somebody in that mold. Um, those guys usually don't last until day two of the draft, certainly not day three. So can you pick up some, some slot corners and some versatile guys in, in the second, third, fourth round? Yeah, you could do that. But if you want that big, long, rangy guy with potential to be a shutdown corner, you're probably going to have to grab him in the first round. Ray, do you think people overreact to some of these, to like the Senior Bowl and, and the Shrine Bowl, especially at this time of year before the Combine and before you get into pro days? Um, because, you know, I, I just I thought found it an interesting phenomenon that McKinstry specifically was, was such a lock to be an early pick and then doesn't play in these games. And then these players get in front of scouts and people want to talk about other players. And it's not just – I should emphasize, it's not just cornerback. I think there's guys at other positions that are able to creep forward and then the guys that the scouts didn't see – fall down because because it's an easy they're the yeah. easy people to drop can, can you explain that phenomenon at all I think what NFL coaches and GMs like to see is real football and you get real football and mobile at least you do early in the week in practices um, you know by Thursday you see a lot of guys who set their worth and they do well and they'll just back off and they'll say hey I'm good I know what I can do I showed you enough I'm not going to play in the game um, but at least the coaches and the GMs get that get that exposure to them in real live drills and real 11-11 on drills um, on Tuesday and Wednesday down there. So that's what they like. But the combine is also a very important part of this process. I think that's where you get deeper into the interview process. Uh, I think you'll have more one-on-one -on -one interviews out there. And obviously testing um, is still very important. They're not running 40s or doing vertical leaps or anything like that down in Mobile. Um, it's just a different type of a scouting, um, you know, expedition, so to speak, for, for guys who evaluate. So I, I think that's part of it. But listen, uh, Adam, I, I think you'll see um, before the combine, after the combine, after pro days, you're going to see a lot of fluctuation in these athletes just because what's true in January, I shouldn't even say true, but – what is believed in January might not be true in March or early April or as we get closer to the draft. So that's just, that's just part of the whole deal when you're, when you're covering the draft for, you know, three months after a season. Ray, can you tell me what you like about Mikey Sainer still from Michigan? You had him in your seven round mock draft as I think a third round pick. I saw him listed again by Kurt Popejoy from DraftWire as a potential second round <laughs> pick. He's another cornerback. Um, just, just give me your, your appraisal of him. Smaller corner, so likely um, inside in the NFL, but he does have versatility to go outside. So as opposed to Joey Porter, he's 5'10", where Porter is, you know, 6'1", 6'1 and a half. So, you know, that, that makes a big difference um, in the NFL. That doesn't disqualify you from playing outside, but I, I think it does limit you in some sense. He's also uh, uh, a converted receiver, so he has good ball skills, and he was productive in the turnover game. Um, at Michigan. So those are some of the qualities. When you're looking at, you know, day two of corners, you know, especially when you're picking at number 51, you know, there might be 10 cornerbacks off the board, Adam, by the time you pick. So I don't want to say you're, you're, you're deep into the second tier there, but 
you're not going to get those big rangy guys with, you know, tons of potential to be CB ones, you know? So I, I think after day one, you're, you're looking more for guys who could maybe be CB twos, slot corners, versatile corners, guys like in the Cam Sutton mold. And uh, I know Cam's not here anymore, but you know, for five years, um, you know, he was, a, or six years, actually, he was a very productive player who could move around that secondary. So unless you're going to invest a first round pick in a guy, you know, those guys on day two are also very important. I want to get into the center conversation here in a second. Before we do, just want to thank another sponsor, Pitt Johnstown. It's a pit quality education with up close and personal learning, a top ranked Northeast public college by us news and world report. Generous scholarships and financial aid are available, located on 655 picturesque acres, easy access to the city center, including shopping and dining, and a vibrant campus life with an active D2 athlete community. Check out Pitt Johnstown. Um, Ray, you obviously had Jackson Powers Johnson as your first round pick. I, I noticed that you were not alone in, in one, you know, valuing him as a first round pick. I think only one mock eye track this week did not have him in the first round. Um, my question for you is, is he a guy that the Steelers could potentially trade back and still select, maybe add a little bit of draft capital? Because I saw him going in the late 20s. You know, if you're if you're a Mark Hahn and, and this kind of math holds through, you know, the rest of the draft process, is that a move that, that you might be eyeing and, and maybe justifying the center pick that way in, in terms of, you know, it's not a super high-valued position, but if you can get another pick, out of taking that guy, maybe it adds up to a lot more than that. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, Adam. I you know, did a little bit of research on that, and you're right. You know, most of those guy centers who are taken are in that 18 to 32 first-round range. You don't see centers going in the top 10 or really in the top 15. Um, you know, the highest, I think, this century, um, or in the past 20 years, I should say, is number eight, 18. And that was Pouncey, and that was a couple other guys, Garrett Bradbury of the Vikings. Um, so you, you just don't see it happen. So, you know, if you could do that, yeah, that would be great. But you're also taking a chance that if you move down, let's say you move down six spots and you pick up, you know, uh, let's say you pick up a, a second or a third round pick, then you have to be sure that the teams in between you aren't in the market for a center. So there's some inherent risk with that. Um, but I, I I don't dislike the idea. You know, I, I think – if you're going to go for value and given the needs that you have, I mean, let's face it, we, we run them down all, all afternoon here. How many, how many positions that this team has to address getting extra draft capital, I think is a good idea for Omar Khan. Ray. I also wanted to ask you about Zach Frazier. He's another senior bowl guy. Matt Miller of ESPN mocked him to the Steelers, um, you know, down around that, that 50 mark. Um, what did you see from him down in Mobile, and and do you think he's an option if they decide to go a different direction than Jackson Powers Johnson, or if Jackson Powers Johnson, for whatever reason, is not available? Um, is he a guy that you think could fit into the Steelers' offense well? So he's still recovering from his fractured leg that he injured late in the season. So he was at the Pro Bowl, did some interviews, actually did some pre-practice stuff, snapping, but he didn't do a lot, um, um, you know, in front of the coaches and the GM. So there's talk. Um, I don't know how realistic it is. There's some talk that he could actually work out in some capacity um, at the combine. And if he does that, I, I think there's a chance that his stock would rise. Or even if he's able to do that at West Virginia's Pro Day, um, there's a chance that, you know, he could be a late riser um, in that conversation. I don't know that he can get up, um, you know, into the first round conversation, but he could solidify himself and, and be an early 
second round pick or solidify himself and be a mid second round pick because I, I do think he's probably the second or third best center um, in this draft. There's also Graham Barton from Duke. Um, he actually played left tackle for the, for the past three seasons, played inside as a freshman, but most NFL teams are projecting him to go back inside um, uh, in the NFL. And uh, again, just like the Marvin Leal, Adam, uh, that's something that Steelers fans kind of freak out about, you know, drafting um, uh, because you have Kendrick Green images come into your head, drafting somebody uh, who was a guard and then trying to move him to center. So there's always some projection there, but the more I read about Barton, the more convinced I am that you won't have those issues um, that you did with Kendrick Green. Um, Ray, another name I wanted to ask you about was Peyton Wilson. Um, I think Brian Batko in his first seven-round mock draft that was in a, a video earlier this week, I think it was uh, Monday's North Shore Drive, he had the Steelers going with him. Kurt Popejoy from DraftWire also has the Steelers using, um, I think, a third-round pick. NFL Draft Buzz ranks him as the fifth-best linebacker in this class, though. Um, is is he a guy, A, that, that is on your radar, and B, um, you know – do you think the Steelers might invest a pick there, given that they do have some options with guys that they had this season that had some success, um, you know, either to bring them back or that they have under contract? Yeah, I, I definitely think inside linebacker has to be a draft, either in free agency or the draft. Um, you know, inside linebackers have been devalued in the draft. Um, there might have been one taken in last year's first round. Um, I know a guy like Drew Sanders from Arkansas got a lot of hype. He was in that first round conversation pretty much, um, you know, all spring. And then I think he ended up going late second or early third round. Um, so, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's just a, a position right now. The teams uh, are having a hard time evaluating. Um, they're getting picked on with coverage issues. Teams are going small and they're picking on these bigger linebackers. So, it's not just the Steelers who struggle with this, but yeah, Peyton Wilson's a really good athlete, has good experience. Um, you know, I don't know what range, you know, sometimes you see him mid second round range. I know other people feel like third round, but uh, yeah, I think sometime on day two, um, you know, he, he'd be certainly in consideration for a team like the Steelers. Yeah, I found that interesting. I always find it interesting when I see names that are, you know, coming up multiple times in the same week that, that multiple people are having the same thought and arriving at it in different ways. Uh, that's why I found Kurt Popejoy's draft so interesting because he had uh, Mikey Sanders still. Uh, he had Jackson Powers Johnson and then Peyton Wilson. So he was thinking along similar lines to, to some of our local Steelers guys. So I found that, you know, something to, to keep an eye on. Ray, I want to ask you about the receivers, though. I saw no receivers drafted to the Steelers in any multi-round mocks this week, except for yours. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on on that? Is it possibly a, a reaction to the Arthur Smith hiring and uh, maybe the view that that receivers are not going to be as big of a focal point in this offense as they might be in, in some others around the NFL? I don't think so. You know, I, I understand that uh, you know Smith doesn't have a, a lot of highly productive receivers in his past, but I, I think it's it's always going to be important for the Steelers. I, I think that's an important position in today's day and age for, for any team. So, you know, I, I mocked uh, Javon Baker to the Steelers in the fourth round, but listen, anytime after the first round, second round, third round, I wouldn't be surprised if they took a receiver. Um, this is a really good draft for receivers. 
And let's face it, Adam, they don't have much beyond Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. And Johnson's going into the last year of his contract. Uh, Allen Robinson is is going to get cut. They're going to save $10 million on the salary cap by, by releasing him. And Calvin Austin hasn't fit here. Um, you know, he's okay as a punt returner, used sparingly as a receiver in his first two years. I know last year he was injured, but his first year this year um, didn't really find his niche in, in Matt Canada's offense. So maybe there's a niche there that, uh, you know, Smith can, can, can pull out of him. But my point is he's not going to be a top three receiver. He's more of a, you know, four or five gadget guy type of a guy. So you need depth. I think they're going to add one in free agency and in the draft. And it's just going to be a matter come April, what round in the draft that's going to be. In. Ray, any final thoughts on, on the draft this week? Um, things you've seen around or, or maybe things you, that you brought from mobile that we haven't had a chance to ask you about so far this week. Well, I'm, I'm not as in tune as you are with the other mock drafts, but did anyone else mock a punter to the Steelers? I, I would think given Presley Harvin's situation, that's going to be, um, you know, something that happens. I will tell you a lot of feedback in the comments, emails this week, pleading with the Steelers, do not draft a punter. We already invested a draft pick and it didn't work out. But listen, it's, it's an area of need. It's a problem area for the Steelers. If you have to waste a sixth or a seventh round pick and get a good guy, I say, why not do it? You don't think that they could find someone in, in free agency? I think that that would be my bigger hang-up is, is, you know, in terms of investing a pick and a punter is that if sometimes you feel like there's plenty of guys that are decent enough on the street. But then again, Presley Harvin has hung on this long, presumably yeah. because no one came in. Because the Steelers have brought punters in, right, Ray? And, and no one's really kind of seized that job. Can, can you explain the, the, the punter market maybe a little bit better? Because I think a lot of people maybe don't have a perception of, of what's available versus – um, you know, what you might have to draft. I, I think when you look at Parvin, he had some personal stuff going on his first year. They kind of took that into consideration. They knew he had a bad year, but they wanted to bring him back. And it's a little bit better in his second season, but I thought there was regression again this past year. And when you're a team like the Steelers, um, you want to play field position, you're, you're built around your defense, you need a good punter. So, um, listen, last year they brought in Brad Wing when Harvin was injured. I thought Brad Wing punted really well in that one game. Um, and they actually brought him back. They signed him to a futures contract. So I, I think he's still on the roster um, late in the season here and going into the offseason. So maybe he would be competition if they don't draft a guy. But, you know, theoretically, it, it sounds good. Yeah, you get a free agent in here. But they did it last year with Mann. And uh, Mann was okay. Nothing great. But they decided to keep Harvin. So, you know, unfortunately for the Steelers, it seems like Harvin is a good punter in the summer, but when the, you know, when the lights come on and um, it's important and you need a punt to help you out in the third or fourth quarter, he just never comes through. So I think this is the year they probably have to address it and move on from Presley Harvin. Yeah. And you, you think that you, you know, you maybe get one of the best, if you do draft a punter, you're probably getting one of the best punters in the country, or at least in this draft class, as opposed to waiting for free agency. Uh, you know, it's, it's an important distinction. I don't think that the, I think a lot of people think any punter will work. Right. And it's just, if this guy stinks that there's someone else in line. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they value that moving forward. Ray, thank you so much for stopping by and talking to me this week. Um, we're going to have more, a lot more Steelers talk next week after the Super Bowl. 
Christopher Carter will be on the North Shore Drive on Monday. It's possible Ray will be his guest. So if you enjoyed what Ray had to say today, uh, make sure you check him out. Um, I'll be back next Thursday with Paul Zeiss on the Zeiss is Right video. And, of course, uh, one week from today, the next Steelers mock draft video, post-Super Bowl edition. Um, we will we will react to all of the latest Steelers mock draft picks and go from there. Uh, thank you, everyone, for, for stopping by. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.